Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, Military Cash Flow family? Today, we got a great video for you. We wanted to um, to basically share our best deal, um, and we just want to talk about that a little bit. So you want to kick it off, Mike? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, my best deal in real so when I was looking at all the deals, what I consider to be my best deal is one where essentially it was an infinite return um, from start to finish, right? Um, and quite honestly... For me, I'm going to say the best deal was my first property ever. The one that I bought that wasn't even meant to be uh, a, a deal. So what it was was a VA loan. It was just a single family home, um, three bedroom, two bath. But I had moved in. So I put actually I got money back. That That's when, you know, back when rates were super low, uh, back when you can receive like some of your money that you spent up front as a refund. So I, was, I went to the closing table and I got something like $1,200 or $1,600 back in a check. And I'm like mind blown. I was like, you get paid to buy a house, bro. <laughs> and then, uh, um, and then I went ahead and I, I furnished it. Um, and I got roommates and those roommates were sitting in there and they were paying me, um, some rent, um, you know, every month. And so I didn't even know it at the time, obviously that's house hacking now. Right. And many of you guys who have heard my story before you guys know that, but, um, you know, looking back on it, I was basically living for free. Right. I, I think I still pro probably about a hundred bucks, for the rest of the mortgage and the utilities and stuff. But I was basically living for free and uh, turned around. I was able to refinance it later on. And I just did a rate and term refinance. So it freed up my VA loan again. And ever since I left, it's been renting and cash flowing. And because I bought it, when I did, I was able to actually negotiate for a ton of repairs. So I, I think I've only had like one HVAC situation at the house since then. Right. I've been, so I've been blessed. So you still own it then? Still own it yeah. today. And I'm thinking about selling it, but it's one of those like nostalgic things. You know, I just don't know. But, you know, common sense says you probably should sell it because I could just make a lot of money on my on my initial investment, which is damn near zero. Right. But yeah, man, I got my money back. The tenants have been treating it great. And then ultimately, that was also the catalyst for me, because then once I realized I was actually investing already, I was like, oh, snap, maybe there's something to this. Boom, fast forward. And now here we are uh, today. So, yeah, man, I think that 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 I would say is going to go down in the record book is probably my best investment. So you approached it. I mean, you weren't even you weren't even thinking of it as an investment. Right. So like at what moment did it really dawn on you that, hey, I'm actually you know, this is an investment. I'm really actually making money on this. And like, well, what did that do for your thought process then? So I've, I've always been investment savvy and uh, I've always been conscious of my money. So when I bought it, I was thinking, OK, I want to buy a property that I can live in, but I intend to rent it out. I already thought that like when I went in for it, like rent it out when I when I'm gone. Right. Um, and then obviously when I was buying, I was like, yeah, let me just rent out to, to the other people and and and, you know, pay out, pay down my mortgage a little bit. So I was always thinking what I thought was creatively. Right. Obviously, millions of people were doing it before. Um, but, yeah, man, when I realized that like the people that we call gurus now um, were doing this stuff. 
and a whole bunch of people started their journey doing exactly what I was doing. I was like, oh, snap. You know, really what it did for me is uh, I, I like to say now, hindsight being 2020, is like none of us come up with a creative idea. You know what I mean? We might get an Elon Musk. We might get a whatever. But none of us come up with a creative idea. All we do is we tweak on past ideas and concepts like Jeff Bezos. He didn't create book sales. He just put it online. Right. So um, it was the same thing. It was like, oh, snap, I'm not creating nothing. And I think that what it really did to switch my, my mindset was like, OK, well, stop trying to sit back and figure it all out. Go stand on the shoulder of giants or whatever and go see what they did. And now let's just rip off and duplicate. Yeah, I love that you said that, man. That's super key. I mean, if you really think about it in the grand scheme of things, I mean, you know, time is uh, essentially cyclical. These events that happen are cyclical. They, they happen over and over again. They just happen to different people, right? Um, and I think that's why it's so, it's extremely important to read books and listen to podcasts and reach out and talk to other people because, you know, come to find out what you're doing is, is has already been done. And, and, there's also might be other people that are doing the same thing and even tweaking it just a little bit more uh, to where you can take advantage of those same things. Right. And, and increase your cash flow or, or better, whatever that thing is for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. What, so what, what's yours, man? What's your best ever? <laughs> so uh, my best ever deal was uh, my first true investment property. And I've done a video on it before, uh, but just like you said, the infinite return on investment, that's the reason why it was my, why I consider it my best. Well, for two reasons. One, because it was my very first deal as a true investment property, not one that I lived in and, you know, plan to turn into because that, that's, that was a deal as well. And that, you know, that worked as well. But um, this was my first true investment property it was in Jacksonville, Florida. I bought a little single family home, uh, bought it for $25,000, man, like 1300 square feet, three, two, um, nice brick, single family home is in a nice little decent area. It just so happened to be, I think it was in 2016, 2015, 2016 timeframe, somewhere around there. So, I mean, you know, this is right before Jacksonville, like really, really started to blow up. Uh, like right now, there's you're just not going to find nothing like that uh, no. in that area. Anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, so got the house for like twenty five thousand. And then I think I put like twenty five into it, twenty five or thirty into it. And just like you said, I got money back on the refi. So um, I did the classic burst strategy. For those of you who don't know, it's the buy, uh, renovate, uh, rent, um, refi and repeat. Right. So bought it uh renovated it and then did the refinance so um it just so i, I thought that i was only i thought it was only going to appraise for like seventy thousand dollars so i was gonna like basically break even or even just get a little bit of my money back that's what i was assuming right um and for some reason i guess i just bought it at a really really good time the house next door uh or across the street excuse me it appraised for or it sold for like a hundred and twenty thousand or something like that so i just lucked out so i was all into a property for fifty thousand dollars and then i did a i, I got it appraised and it appraised at a hundred and a hundred and two or something like that like a hundred thousand dollars right so i did a 60 65 percent cash out refi right so i got a new mortgage for sixty five thousand dollars and i owed basically i you know i owed fifty thousand dollars to myself because you know i paid for this mostly through cash and credit cards so paid off the remaining balance of what i put into it like fifty thousand dollars and i got to pocket ten thousand dollars and then i rented it out and I was able to make like $125 or something like that a month. Um, so that was extremely important for me, just going through those uh, those 
just the struggles of of renovating a property, working with you know GCs. I had did it before, but I not I had not done it as like, hey, I'm the go to person. I'm the owner, right? So I mm -hmm. I had kind of interned, if you will, back in college uh, with a few flippers and and people that were doing that, but. Um, it was more from a sideline, you know, sideline perspective. It's a, it's a, it's a different thing when you're actually the person that, you know, the contractors are calling and like, Hey, I need this money or this is the timeline. You're trying to manage everything together. So uh, that was extremely, extremely important and extremely uh, awesome for me. Uh, one, just from a learning perspective. And then two, obviously the cash flow perspective and getting, just like you said, I got a free pop property, right? So it, it was right, just, right. It, it was awesome. Um, I wish I would have held on to that property. Now that that same house, I looked at it the other day, and it's uh, it's worth like a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty thousand or something like that. So, um, wish I would have held on to it, but I sold it like I think at year four. So I made some money off of it. Um, I sold yeah. it for like a hundred, uh, like right around a hundred. I I had a tenant in place, so it was a little harder for me to sell it to you know. Um, I had to basically sell it to an investor because, you know, mm -hmm. the tenant had just signed the, uh, signed a renewed a lease. Right. So had a long time and nobody's going to buy with a government back loan, FHA, VA or anything like that. And then mm -hmm. have to sit on the property for a year. Right. So it is um, I probably could have sold it for like, you know, 115 or something like that. Had it had it been uh, not been occupied, but sold it to an investor for one hundred thousand dollars, took some money. And uh, yeah, I, that that was my best deal. So. So when you when you said uh, this was your first real investment, you you had bought a property before this. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're going to do another video about like my, our worst <laughs> our worst deal. Oh, that um, happened before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I bought uh, I bought a single family home to live in with the intent, just like you did, right? But I had right. a family, so what? Like I couldn't really just rent. I mean, I guess I could rent out bedrooms, but you know, I got yeah, yeah. I got a baby and a and a toddler. I'm not you know I'm not really trying to rent out to somebody. Uh, a bedroom. So anyways, um, yeah, I, I did it before and it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to work out. I didn't cash flow as much uh, of it as I thought I would. So um, yeah, this is my first true, true investment property, not occupied. So yeah. And I know you said that you wish you would have held on to it. Um, I Have you ever heard of the, uh, it's a YouTube channel now, the conscientious, um, uh, investor or the conscientious uh damn i can't remember her name but her name is like cody something she owns 26 businesses that's like her niche right she brought up something that's commonplace with anybody who's been in finance they say if you never sell then you never really see your profits you know what i mean so everybody can hold on but if you never sell you never really get to realize your profits so you know yeah, you you might you probably did the right thing. You captured those profits so you can move on to the next property. And I think a lot of us forget that. I know my ass has forgot that with a lot of my properties. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's a good thing, man. The the big thing with that uh, a lesson learned right there was um, I did not know the tax bill that I was really going to get <laughs> with that because oh yeah, you know, like now I had a realized gain of like uh, of about. $50,000. Right. And I wasn't expecting that. And this was right before, you know, I started working with Nick. Right. So Nick is mm -hmm. our, is our, our CPA for those of you guys who don't know, but uh, this is right before I started working with him. And uh, I did, you know, I, I saw my tax, well, it wasn't really my tax, but I saw my, my net income for that year. And I was like, Oh, geez, you know, how the hell am I going <laughs> to, you know, what the hell yep. is going to go on here? So that was a, that was kind of an, an eye opener that I wasn't really, uh, really expecting. So um 
yeah, I really wish I wouldn't have sold it. I could have done some better, more tax advantageous things, right, to uh, mitigate some of those uh, some of those taxes or came up with a better tax strategy, basically. But um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, you're right. Recapture, I captured those profits and then uh, pretty much moved on to the next thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I sold a property earlier this year and uh, I'm excited to see what Nick can come up with, man, because <laughs> he was like, we'll visit it towards the third quarter. I'm like, yeah, because I made a lot of money on it. I was like, man, I hope I don't eat that tax. But I mean, to your point now, would you consider next sell uh, just 1031-ing them potentially if there was enough of a capital I, gain? I've told myself that I'm I'm going to, I'm really going to try not to buy any single families. Um, now with one, I'm, I told myself I'm not going to buy any more single families. And then two, I told myself I'm not going to sell anymore. Like whatever I buy, you know, I'm holding on to that for, yeah. you know, that's, that, retirement yeah, plan. That, that, yeah. that's it pretty much. So yeah, that's pretty much a retirement plan. I'm not going to, I'm not selling anything. Um, you know, I'll keep it in the, I'll keep it in, uh, in the, in the business and uh, the kids will get a, a tax, a step up in tax basis or whatever that goes, a step up mm. in tax step up, whatever it's called. You guys can yeah, look yeah. it up, but uh, that's pretty much what, uh, <clears throat> what I'm going to do from now on. Um, what about you? Would you, well, you have, you sold a couple of your properties. Like, yeah. So, and I'm going to sell a few more yeah. uh, because I'm looking at the underperformers and just get rid of them. And I'm going to use the capital to build up reserves just to make sure that my portfolio is like watertight, you know, it can withstand all the weird depressions or great recessions or whatever is going to come up. And then um, I'll can, after that, I'll be buying from a place of, from a different position. You know, it's like, Hey, I got a hell of a lot of liquidity. Uh, let me just go out and get this 10 units to 20 unit building. And then I'm going to buy one every two years or so and kind of scale that way. Yeah, man. That's nice. That's nice. All right. Well, um, I think that that's wrapping up this video. That's our best, uh, our best deal, right? And then uh, stay tuned for the next video. We'll go over our our worst deal and some of those. Our worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. With that said, this is Dan Wynn. and Mike Glassby signing off.